Welcome to another Kundalini Q&A session. It's very simple. You send me questions about Kundalini and I'll do my best to respond. Before I get into that, I just want to remind you to check out brentspirit.com for more free content. I've got some eBooks and I'm also working on some courses. They'll be out soon so you can check back periodically to stay up to date with those courses and whatnot. Now, without further ado, let's get right into this episode. I've put together three separate questions that I've received over Instagram, all to do with the dark night of the soul. Now, of course, the dark night of the soul is a very, very uh, loaded topic. It's really intense. It's difficult to talk about, difficult to understand, difficult to express, to empathize with people that are going through it. When you're in it, it's difficult to hear what anybody has to say. So, uh, you know, maybe what I'm sharing here might not speak to you if you happen to be in a dark place, but nonetheless, we'll discuss it and see what, uh, see what lands, see what comes out. So let's get right into it here. While I'm uh, recording this episode, I'm also live on Instagram. That's the best place to reach me uh, with your questions, to follow along with my journey and the things I'm sharing. Instagram at Brent Spirit. If you're not on Instagram, I don't blame you. You can also reach me on email. Uh, info at brentspirit.com. So the first question we have comes from Poe Pomegranate on Instagram. And the question is here, what kind of shadow work questions can you ask yourself in either preparation for the dark night of the soul in order to ease the struggle or to continue asking yourself so that the mental, so that mental health is more secure? So Poe Pomegranate I like this question because it's showing that showing some initiative, some responsibility, trying to get ahead to prepare for, you know, potentially going through a dark night of the soul experience on your journey. Now, throughout, you know, spirituality in general and the spiritual community and all the literature, the dark night of the soul or just general darkness, general pain, suffering, it's it's often talked about and it's it's you know, probably the most scariest things that people can, uh, you know, can discuss when it comes to spirituality. And some people may hear about the dark night of the soul and they may think, okay, I haven't gone through the dark night of the soul yet. It's coming and I better prepare. Or maybe they're not like you with, you know, being bold and, and willingness to prepare, but maybe they're afraid. Like, oh no, if I continue, it's going to get dark. I'm going to go through a dark night of the soul. But right off the bat, I want to just say that, you know, not everybody experiences like you know, a completely debilitating dark night of the soul type thing. Not everybody goes through something that, you know, turns your life completely upside down in every dimension per se. So you can keep that in mind as well. It's not like, um, you know, your, your dark night of the soul will reach the same degree as, you know, maybe your friend who had a really dark, dark time or is really going through a dark time. Not necessarily. So that's my first, um, you know, message about the dark night. It's good to prepare to be aware of it. And I'm going to share some some things in response to your question here. But it's also, you know, not necessary to be, you know, overly thoughtful about the future and when it might happen and how and what type of intensity and whatnot. Just sharing that for people in general that might fear, you know, this, this thing of the dark night of the soul. So yeah, you asked here, you know, what kind of shadow work questions can you ask yourself in preparation for the dark night of the soul? in order to ease the struggle. So 
for some who don't experience a really dark time, it can be because, like you, they prepared. And maybe they prepared consciously, or maybe they just happened to go through themes of exploring the shadow and exploring, you know, some of the things that they're carrying that's painful and difficult, that is, you know, maybe rooted in, in things like trauma, um, childhood, maybe even past life stuff, collective stuff, family stuff. Um, shadow work in general it's very powerful, right? To be honest with ourselves and be introspective and to look at some of the darkness that we have. And so, you know, you can ask yourselves questions like, you know, what are the parts of me that my knee-jerk reaction is to look away or distract or avoid? Maybe there's a certain theme. Maybe it's feelings of being unworthy, feeling abandoned either by relationships, by the divine in general, which is a major theme when we go through the dark night of the soul. Maybe there's themes of loneliness, guilt, shame. You know, you can make a list of all of the uncomfortable negative themes that we all carry to some degree. And you can kind of look, you know, what, what is it that I feel guilty about? Maybe I just feel guilty about my existence overall, but nothing specific. Maybe there's shame, unworthiness. So you can explore shadow work through journaling. You can sit in meditation and also with the intention of, of going deep in some dark stuff. So sometimes people think meditation is like you're going to sit and try and find peace, but you can sit in meditation with the intention to move deep into your guilt or shame or fear or frustration and to allow it to be there and make friends with it in a sense to give it a voice and hear what it has to say. Let it express itself through whatever you know physical manifestations it might express itself through. Maybe thoughts arise. You can have you can become your own friend or partner or advocate through shadow work in this way. So you can ask these questions, you know, like, um, what am I afraid of? What are the common things that trigger me? Um, you know, you can ask other people, maybe you've got some great friends, partners, people in your family that you can have honest, open, you know, vulnerable conversations with. And you can say, hey, you know, what, what are some of the topics that you can tell I'm running from that I'm in denial about? The things that I'm not really willing to sit with. So other people can kind of help you in this way. It's not always available to everybody because it's heavy stuff. Not everybody can really help us in this way. And then, of course, I, I want to just mention, you know, therapy. Therapy alone is uh, it's very powerful for doing this work. And if you can find a good therapist to, to, you know, explore these things, to create a safe environment for you to go into your shadow and explore these things. You can do a lot of healing. And if you do a lot of healing in this way, you will either develop the skills to go through the dark night of the soul if and when it does arise in a very intense way for you. Or you'll just be doing the work so that the dark night of the soul doesn't need to arise in a very intense way because you've done it over time, over you know maybe many years, many sessions, many seasons of your life. So these are the ways that you can prepare for the dark night of the soul. Now, with this said... We can move on to the next question, actually, which is once again about the dark night of the soul and and explore a little bit more about how we can either prepare or in general understand what's going on in the dark night of the soul. So Jin's World from Instagram asks how to find legit help for the dark night of the soul among many false teachers. Now. The natural inclination, you know, maybe when we're in the dark night of the soul is to look for help, look for the light, right? That's why it's, you know, called the dark night is the light seems to have gone out. And so we turn to people who we would hope are experienced enough to support us. And this goes beyond just dark night of the soul work in general. Across the spiritual community, there's many people who, you know, 
using Jin's world's words here, you know, maybe who may, may, we may call false teachers. Now they may be lying to you know make a quick buck or gain power. They may mean well, but just not be equipped. They may not resonate, so they may be a genuine teacher to another, but they may be a false teacher to you. So there's different ways of looking at it in this way, but you know, to the question here, how do we find help? Well, it's difficult. It's, it's very difficult. And the reason that it's difficult is because, you know, if I can be a little flippant for a second, now I'll give some more in-depth insights here, but for a second, if I can just say, you know, the dark night of the soul, part of the point of going through the dark night of the soul is you're alone. Like, there's, it's dark. There is no light. There's no teacher. I think the word guru means like, dispeller of darkness you know so if you had a guru with you during the dark night it wouldn't be the dark night part of the major theme of going through the dark night is being alone lonely like feeling abandoned either by others maybe it's a partner friends community in the most broadest sense it's being abandoned by the divine abandoned by god and often what precedes the dark night is a period of incredible connection Union, love, mystical experiences, synchronicity, abundance, feeling on purpose, feeling healthy, feeling alive. And it's from that place that we are then either, you know, in some some way or another dropped and abandoned, you could say, to go into the dark night. And so there's, you know, like I said, you know, a flippant answer is to say there are no teachers that can help you through the dark night like really hold your hand and, and bring you out of it because part of going through the dark night is a death of sense of separation, death of insecurity, lack of confidence, unworthiness, guilt, shame. All of that gets removed so that you, re you emerge out of the dark night reborn knowing I got through this in some respects on my own. Whereas if you got through it with the help of a teacher, you know, giving you the specific prescription of what you should do or a teacher holding your hand, then part of you will be like, well, I needed help. I wasn't able to do it on my own. So that's why life doesn't always provide us with somebody who's like really able to help us through the dark night, right? And so that's like the general answer. We go through the dark night alone. That's why there's many, there aren't many teachers who can help. Now, beyond that, we can explore a little bit more specifically. So there's some teachers who, you know, maybe they took a course. Spiritual counseling or spiritual guidance 101, take this course and you'll be able to become a spiritual coach. And it's, you know, like a 10-hour course or something and now they're a coach. Or maybe they did some reading. But did they go through the dark night of the soul themselves? That's the real way to become initiated into some sort of teacher is to go through your own dark night of the soul. Not to take a course or a certificate or get a degree per se, right? Like traditionally, people that were playing the role of teacher or shaman or guru or guide or healer, these are people that did their own work. It's not people that took a course or went to school or read a book, right? Today you can go to school, become a become a uh, you know some sort of healer, but it doesn't necessarily mean you healed yourself. You have a certificate, but it doesn't mean you healed yourself. So you can make a course about the dark night of the soul, but it doesn't mean you've gone through your own dark night of the soul. 
may still be in the dark night of soul. You may not even approach the dark night of soul at all. And so that's why, you know, there may be people out there that, you know, your words here, they may be a false teacher and they may not be able to really support you because they haven't gone through it themselves. They're just parroting or regurgitating. They don't really understand. Once again, I'll, I'll return back to my point there that, you know, even even somebody who's been through their own dark night, their own dark night of the soul, like there, there's an element of like, nobody can help you. You've got to figure it out on your own to some degree. Now, beyond that, there may be some teachers that have gone through their own dark night of the soul, but for whatever reason, they're still, you know, you could say half-baked or they still have some like, you know, arrogant, uh, power-hungry tendencies. You know, we can call them egomaniacs, narcissists, etc. And they may, you know, be out there trying to uh, take advantage of those in a very dark place because they're vulnerable, easy to, you know, manipulate and control and whatever. And so that could be also what's what's happens in some situations, you know, when, when it happens and, and you know, uh, there's many, there's like a group of these people, we call it a cult, right? So discernment is very, very important here. You know, when you're vulnerable, going through the dark night, it's it's important to, you know, try and 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 listen to ourselves, listen to our body, ask ourselves, where's my power? Am I giving it away so that we don't give it away to false teachers who can then, you know, take advantage of us? Or at the very least, just waste our time and mislead us and let us down, right? So... Beyond this now, what I've noticed is that people that are really in the dark night of the soul, which like, you know, I was saying it's the strongest theme seems to be abandonment, feeling abandoned by others, by God, cynicism, feeling negative, pessimistic, feeling like a victim. These themes come very much to the surface. And when you're feeling these things, it's very difficult to even hear like a message, a teaching that might be true. It might be, it might be right, but it just won't resonate. Like when you're in the dark night of the soul, like God themselves could manifest before you and you might very well be like, yo, get out of here, like F off. That's how people feel in the dark night. And I've talked to many people that are there and it's like, they don't want it. Like they may are maybe looking for help, but when there's like a message, like they can't resonate with it and it's rejected. And part of it, I think, is rejected, not because they're arrogant or stubborn. I think it's because on the deepest level, they have to recognize that they have to figure this out on their own. They have to go through it on their own. And so that's why, like, the teachings don't really help. The students aren't even in a, in a, a position to be taught. Being alone is a major theme as we go through the dark night of the soul. And very few have actually gone through it and come out on the other side with the calling and purpose and mess and, and, and mission to, to support others in general on this path. So that's why it's difficult to, you know, find support or even accept support as we go through the dark nights. Now, that's okay. Like, it's okay if, if we're not in a position to accept it, if we're feeling negative, you know, cynical, pessimistic, um, stubborn even. That's all. That's okay. It's all welcome. That's all being burned up as we go through the dark nights. I always like to think of Jesus, his whole life, you know, his whole adult life that we know about. He was performing miracles, feeling great connection. He had community around him. He's performing all this, you know, like I said, miracles, all this stuff. And then he, you know, gets tortured and put on the cross. And when he's on the cross, he feels abandoned by God. He was abandoned by his own follower. You know, Judas betrayed him, right? So there's abandonment there. Nobody can save him. And on his darkest moment, he looks up and says, you know, Father, why have you forsaken me? God, why have you abandoned me? So at the point on this, on the cross, 
Nobody could come and give him a message, a teaching to say, hey, it's going to be okay, Jesus. Remember all the things you told us? He wouldn't be able to hear it, even Jesus, because he had to go through his own death and rebirth process. So just like Jesus, he couldn't be taught. He had to go through the direct, physical, visceral experience of, of the dark night of the soul. We too also have to go through our own experience as well. Same with the Buddha, right? He sat down alone, figured it out on his own. There were other people who were enlightened, you know, they could have come to the Buddha and said, hey, buddy, like what people say today, hey, you're already enlightened. What are you doing? Just be here now. He would have said, hey, get out of here. You can't help me. Or he wouldn't have accepted their help or their message. He had to do it on his own. And so that's why it's difficult to find teachers to get us through the dark night of the soul. That's why it's difficult for us to accept it. We've got to go through it on our own. Now, just to wrap up this theme a little bit, the dark night of the soul, we go through a period of feeling abandoned by God. Once we get through the dark night, we realize we were never abandoned by God because we are God. God is all there is. God always had our back. But we had to go through the journey of, of feeling completely abandoned, isolated, separate, 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 have all of that burned up during the dark night of the soul to then reemerge with an embodied, steady, abiding state of oneness. This is the story of Jesus. He came back saying, I'm seated at the right hand of the Father, right? He was reborn, you could say, seated at the right hand of the Father. From that point, he'll never forget. He'll never forget that he's one with God. He went through the dark night of the soul, right? So I wish this for all of us that are go through the dark night of the soul. Um, you know, everybody that I've really come across that's been going through it, that has a, a good attitude, like, you know, Pope Pomegranate was, was asking, you know, they're willing to look inside, look at what parts of them are holding themselves back, you know, what parts need to be examined, released, loved as well, loved. And when I say love, we love our shadow by just letting it be there and saying, hey, it's okay that you're here. These things arose at some point in our life to protect us. And, you know, they're, they're, they're artifacts, they're residue from those periods, and we can appreciate them for that. And once it's time to release them, we love them by letting them be there and, and just letting them be there. They come to the surface, they're released. Eventually, all of the parts of us that feel separate are released, burned up, and healed. All that remains is oneness. All that remains is recognize that God never abandoned us because God couldn't abandon us because there's always been God. That's all that's been here. So we look back at the dark night of the soul with a very fresh set of eyes. So I hope that answers your question, Jin's world. It's a tough one. It's very tough. Maybe not the answer you wanted to hear. But uh, that's what's coming through today. And finally, we'll close with one question from David about the dark night of the soul coming to us from Instagram. David asks, does the dark night of the soul manifest physical symptoms? totally can for some it totally can and for some that their dark night of the soul may almost be solely physical it may be a great sickness that makes you feel completely abandoned by any sense of support that you once had be it divine support uh family support maybe you lose your job you got to go on disability or maybe you know you don't get disability oh you know all these things can happen in the most extreme sense when we look at phys physical uh symptoms of the dark night of the soul these things arise to create context for our dark night um it can it can also manifest you know the, the physical symptoms that we associate with uh just general mental health right you know depression can lead to other um physical illnesses and and you know holding tension in our body you know they say stress is the number one cause of illness dark night of the soul can also be very stressful you could say you could put it in that way so yeah it can manifest as physical symptoms you know some people i know um you know, maybe they'll get in a car accident. They'll, you know, just be bedridden 
And it's in that period of being bedridden that that's when they do their work. That's their time under the Bodhi tree. That's their time on the cross. So the physical symptoms manifest to create context for this. For me, now I can add another little caveat here is that we can go through multiple dark nights of the soul. I don't mean to, you know, scare anybody. They come with different themes and different things are burned up through each dark night of the soul. And they don't also necessarily have to be just one single night. They could be months, weeks, years. Uh, they can be a single night. But, you know, so for me, I've had dark nights of the soul through, you know, feeling abandoned by God. Other dark nights of the soul with uh, dealing with illness and just having to ride it out. And, you know, food poisoning. For some reason, I've just, I, got, I have food poisoning a few times. And, and if you know much about food poisoning, there's no cure. You just have to ride it out. And there was points where I was at my rock bottom, you know, feeling like dying. And through that, you know, there, there's deep suffering. But in that suffering, there's a weakening of the ego. There's a deep surrender that comes. Um, you know, in, in during those periods of... of uh, food poisoning, you know, I'd have fevers, you'd get a little delirious. This can open yourself up to having some some pretty profound mystical experiences as well. I know Joe Dispenza describes, you know, as, as I think in his youth, he would be uh, have, have a lot of fevers and he would get kind of excited because of the mystical experiences. But I digress a little bit there. But basically, you know, physical illness, sickness, all of this can arise to provide context to help us to move through some of the things we're carrying very, very quickly. So that's a little about the dark night of the soul. I hope that's been helpful for you out there. Pope Pomegranate, David, Jin's World. I hope that I can, uh, you know, give you some insight at least. It's a very difficult theme like I opened with here. It's, it's not easy to talk about, not easy to go through at all. But keep going. Know that others have gone through it before you. They have all gone through it. And when they reported back, they said, hey, it's all going to work out. Keep going. So you can cultivate faith by just hoping that they're not making it up. I can tell you that they're not making it up. I've been through my own dark nights of the soul, come out on the other side, feeling confident, lighter, state of oneness, feeling unconditional love and peace. And that can, you know, wane and oscillate and ebb and flow. But generally speaking, after having gone through some very, very dark times in my life, there is now a persistent state of knowing that it's all going to be okay, that it all is okay, and that it all always was okay. So I will close there for this Kundalini Q&A session. If you have a question for me, like I said, you can reach me on Instagram at Brent Spirit, email info at brentspirit.com. Check out my website for some more free content, ebooks, blogs, videos, etc., and look out for the courses that I've got coming out. Until next time, much love and peace. Mm -hmm.